1: is amos i'm one of the lead pastors here today we are finishing our alpha series it's been great hasn't it i think uh you from what i hear the discussion groups have been amazing uh but this is our last alpha video uh i've been enjoying them personally but uh i just i want to remind you that this series is designed for people who are newer to faith or exploring faith but i think it's also been a good return to fundamentals like michael jordan never outgrew the fundamentals of basketball and as people who are trying to follow jesus not just you know for a six week spiritual diet but for the longevity of our life we will never outgrow the fundamentals of what we've been talking about like living life with purpose and prayer and um, reading the Bible and community and all the things that uh, we've not only heard about but tried to apply to our lives. So this week is sort of a send-off. It's looking forward. It's trying to take faith into the rest of our lives. And so let's play that video. I want you to hear one thing today. I want you to remember one thing today. If you're a kid, young adult, an adult, a grandparent, don't
0: waste your life. Do not waste
1: your life. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Ephesians chapter 2. If you didn't bring one, there are some in the back. Would love for you to follow along. And if. You wouldn't mind standing with me. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a young church in Ephesus. It's an old letter, but it contains all kinds of truth. And I think one of the most straightforward passages in all of the Bible is Ephesians chapter two, at least the first 10 verses. If you wanna understand God's posture towards you, even if you're someone who's made a ton of mistakes, even if you've made a mess of your life or a mess of others, Ephesians 2 can be a foundation for you and sustain you and give you a new sense of what God's grace really is all about. And so I'm just going to pick up in verse 8, and we stand because we trust the Bible, but also because we want to honor the one who is trying to reveal himself to us through it, to reveal his love for us in it, and it's, it's the picture we all look at to understand who Jesus was. And so Ephesians chapter 2, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can go do the good things he has planned for us long ago why don't you pray with me God we ask that you would send your spirit here this morning to remind us of who we are to remind us of the depth of your grace and of your love and of your kindness to remember that we are your masterpiece your creation made in your image, sons and daughters. And no matter how far we've run, we don't have to.
0: You're calling us home.
1: There's no sin, there's no mistake that you're not willing to forgive. There's no person you're not willing to save. So we thank you and we ask that You would also convict us today. Uh, Show us where we've wandered off the track so that we can turn back. Amen. You guys can have a seat. This little passage reminds us that we do not earn our salvation, that we do not earn our status with God, but that it comes to us freely. That our sins are forgiven because of the death of Jesus and he did this before we breathed the breath or had a thought or had an ounce of faith. It's a reminder that no matter how many times you've gone to church in your life or how many good deeds you've done, that that doesn't put you above anybody else. We all come to Jesus on equal footing. The ground in front of the cross is level and we all need his grace, every single person. And in that, because we are his masterpieces, he has made us new. Uh, the, the video said he didn't, God, God w- didn't make us to be comfortable, didn't make us to go on kind of just being one of the crowd. He, he, makes, he wants to make people great. And I think the Bible's language is actually he's making All of us knew so that we can do the good things that He has planned for us. In other words, each one of us, to use the words of uh, the Loki MCU series, anybody watch that? Each one of us has a glorious purpose. And it is not one that we even set for ourselves, it is one that God has prepared for us. God has plans for you plans to prosper you, but also to invest in his kingdom. And it's not something we need to compare with other people. But it is something that we are all needing to keep in the front of our minds, that we are not living this life for ourselves, but for his glory, for the glory of God and to love people. And uh, some of you may have heard of, pastor from Minneapolis, St. Paul, named John Piper. He gave a world-changing talk to a bunch of young people about 20 years ago, and I'd like to just recall some of what he said. He, he said a few weeks ago we heard, so this is about the year 2000, that two missionaries in their 80s, um, missionaries who had moved to Cameroon when they reached retirement age. They didn't go to Florida. Uh, Not There's anything wrong with moving to Florida when you retire, instead they moved to Cameroon. Uh, Ruby and Laura. Ruby Eliason was single all of her life and a nurse. Laura Edwards was widowed, a medical doctor, and they moved to Cameroon to provide medical care for the poor. They would drive from village to village and they lived for one single purpose: to bring glory to God. And because of that, they gave their life to serving the poor until one day in the jeep that they were driving from one place to another went off the edge of a cliff, and they died instantly. And he asks the crowd, "Was this a tragedy?" That these two women Gave their entire life to the service of God and to the service of people and they died doing it. Is this a tragedy, I
0: ask you? Just the opposite.
1: But he says, you want to know a tragedy? And he pulls out an issue of Reader's Digest and he reads this, Bob and Penny took an early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Puta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler playing softball and collecting seashells." And he gives this commentary, that's a tragedy. And people today are spending billions of dollars to persuade you to embrace that tragic dream. With all my heart, I plead with you, don't buy that dream. The American dream, a nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement, collecting shells as the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account of what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell
0: collection. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life.
1: We've been given one life, saved by his grace, given all sorts of things to enjoy, but he has prepared for us good things to do. And so don't waste your life by buying the American dream because you can compile all the pictures and all the money and all the stuff and all the accomplishments and all the all the things, and there are billions of dollars being spent on selling this dream. But it is not what will last into eternity. I think the seashell metaphor is, uh, well, it's an actual thing for many people, but we, we should consider for a moment what our seashells are. What are we collecting that won't matter in the light of eternity? Gadgets or phones, a resume. Maybe, and I said this at a celebration of life service a few, was that just a week ago, maybe we should start planning for our eulogies instead of for our resume. And not just for what people remember, but what we can invest in that has eternal consequence. If you still have your Bibles, flip over. It's, oh, I don't know, it's 100 pages to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is another letter written by the Apostle Paul to a small church in Corinth. This is a very spiritually gifted church that has some other problems that it's dealing with. But uh, here in verse. 11 paul basically says in another way don't waste your life he says for no one can lay a foundation other than the one we already have jesus christ anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials gold silver jewels wood hay or straw and basically there's two categories of material here right there's the gold silver and jewels on the one hand And the wood, hay, and straw, on the other hand, the seashells. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, right? Saved by grace through faith but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? You are God's masterpiece and he has good things with eternal consequence that he has prepared for you to do. And only what you do for Jesus will last. Only what you do for Jesus will last. And so I want you to think about for a moment, what is it in your life right now that you are doing for Jesus?
0: And what are the seashells in your life?
1: Don't waste your life on seashells. But don't waste your life either on trying to live someone else's life. So we hear about Laura and Ruby, and we might think, oh, that is really sacrificial, and that is really compelling, and they made a real difference, and they did. But that might not be what God is calling you to do in your 20s or 30s or 70s or 80s to move to Cameroon, but there are things right in front of you right now that he is calling you to do. Who is he calling you to love? Who is he calling you to invest in? How is God asking you to spend your time? Don't waste your life failing to take risks. I'm just going to read this uh, from Matthew chapter 16. Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And so many of us aren't willing to take risks because we're afraid that we might get laughed at. And in most cases, that's the worst that can happen. We might be in a place where we're risking time, where we're risking money. But if you're risking it for Jesus, even if those things are
0: lost, quote unquote, In this
1: little blip of eternity, you're investing in treasures that rust cannot decay and moths cannot chew up. What Jesus calls treasures in heaven. So if you invest in Bitcoin, (laughs) like some of those guys suggested, you, you took a huge risk and depending on the timing, you maybe lost a lot of money. And if you invest in a person, if you show love to a neighbor, if you bless a child, it might seem like it didn't make any difference. And maybe it won't because you can't guarantee how other people will receive love or receive a blessing. But I can guarantee you that it wasn't wasted if it was done for Jesus. Because those acts, those sacrifices, that life has eternal significance. Don't waste your life by living without structure or rhythms. When I think about the times in my life that I've made the most significant investments of people, in people, it has been because my calendar has had a repeating event. It's because I've met with a guy named Josh every Tuesday morning at Panera and I was poor back then so I bought a single bagel and no cream cheese but I brought a little book called passport and it walked through the basics of faith it was sort of like alpha but for two or three people to read through and I didn't know it at the time But that was an anchoring point for him where he is his mental health was very poor and his marriage was failing and i found out years later that his wife said those meetings saved our marriage he never even talked to me about his marriage we just talked about jesus whatever it is that god is calling you to do don't leave it up to intentions and when i feel like it and maybe it'll happen Find a time in your week where you can mentor a kid or tutor a kid or meet with a friend who, you know, some, I think all of us need at least one friend that takes a little more than they give. <laughs> Talk about an investment of, in eternity. Like we can't have like 12 friends that take more than they give. But I mean, I hate to tell you this, you can be kind of difficult sometimes. <laughs> and you might have a friend who gives a little more than they receive from you. And I don't know why you would do this unless you're really codependent or or if you're doing it for Jesus. And that doesn't make the love fake or false. You can love someone, even though it takes effort and sacrifice, but don't waste your life. Don't waste your life by keeping your faith private. Now, not all of us are called to be evangelists. There are some people who just, it seems like, you know, you meet someone at the YMCA and all of a sudden you're doing a Bible study with them. And and most of us are not that people, but all of us have been given the Great Commission. You know what the Great Commission is? Go and make disciples. So not everyone is an evangelist, but everyone is called to the work of witness, of sharing what Jesus has done for you. And I mean, um, I think, I mean, I, for me, Jesus is kind of the biggest thing in my life. And this church even is, is a big part of where my heart is. And so it's actually, it's pretty easy for church or faith to come up if I'm not trying to press it down for fear of embarrassment. And uh, so, I mean, my, my wife and I, Allison, we actually church planted in Grand Rapids. And so that was like, we were on mission. We were spending our most of my time and energy just trying to get people to come to a church that didn't exist yet and i mean it didn't really go great but it was a fruitful time in my life and if it's like being in sales but i'm not saying we're selling jesus i'm saying it's like you're in sales because you know you might have a hundred people who aren't interested but somebody is hungry for god in your life And I've been amazed at how many people will tell me about their spiritual experiences if I simply ask. So don't waste your life by keeping your faith private. Don't waste your life by failing to invest in children. So in Matthew, I believe this is Matthew 19. I'll just read it. Matthew, yeah, 19, verse 13. Oh, I don't, my, it's not in the right place. So I guess if you want to turn to Matthew nineteen thirteen, you can too. My bookmark is in the wrong place, Ten twenty two. I don't think there's such a thing as a, a follower of Jesus who isn't a kid person. And if you don't like kids, it's time to maybe do some repenting and check your heart. Um, Man, but kids are hungry for attention, and every kid needs more than their parents. Did you know that? And uh, there's an interview on the Vineyard, We Are Vineyard podcast with Christian Dunn, who says, love the one like you wish you could love the many or all of them. So to take an interest in what a kid is interested in, to maybe take them out to throw a Frisbee or a football or... I mean I really like playing Smash Brothers so like that's something I can do with kids <laughs> uh, it's not like I'm just you know get them off their phones for a minute and onto a you know video console. that's right okay but 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 and and don't waste your life playing video games okay <laughs> for Jesus play your video games for Jesus that's what I mean uh, you you know this passage. Uh, it says one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples, so all the like these are Jesus' like most faithful friends, scolded the parents for letting the kids bother them. This can be our attitude sometimes toward kids. But Jesus said, "Let the little children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these little children." And he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them before he left. And so if you want to love like Jesus, if you want to be like Jesus, bless children. Bless them with your time, with your energy. Compliment them. Celebrate them. Don't waste your life by failing to invest in children.
0: If you're a kid,
1: talking to you, if you're 10 or 12 or 13 or 17, don't waste your childhood. Kids, there is no better time to build a foundation of prayer and reading your Bible. You might be 18 and involved in sports or marching band or show choir, or you'd be all these things, but you, you have time, you just don't know it. You have more time than your parents do this is a great time to lay a foundation for your relationship with Jesus because it's not like suddenly one day you'll be an adult and it'll be easier it'll actually be harder kids there's no better time to start reading your Bible every day or a few times a week spending a few minutes praying for the needs of your friends, for the needs of the world. God hears your prayers. If you're in your 20s, don't waste your 20s. This is a great time to mentor children. This is a great time to serve the poor. This is a great time to volunteer. Don't waste your 30s. This is a great time to pour all you can into your kids. To notice in yourself what triggers you so that you don't pass those things on to your kids. Read the Bible with your kids. Sing worship songs in the car with your kids. They'll sing along. If you're in your forties or fifties, take an interest in your now like preteen teenagers, kids' friends life. I bet a lot of people here can remember the parents of your friends and who took an interest in you, who opened up their house to you, who said, eat anything you want in the fridge. And so I drank Mountain Dew out of the fridge of parents, you know, my friend's parents' house, and I played Smash Brothers in their basement. If you're not married, if you don't have kids, don't waste your life. You, I mean, there, there's no expiration date on doing things for Jesus. There's no expiration date on investing in children, even if you don't have any of your own. I, I mean, I see this in this community. Finding a kid to just take out once a week to the playground to coffee. Don't waste your singleness. And don't waste your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, or your
0: 80s. The church doesn't continue without spiritual grandparents. We need you
1: to bless our children, to intercede for the world. And I think one of the reasons that uh, I see that retired people check out is because the overwhelming narrative in our world is that significance comes from a paycheck and from prestige i want to get credit i want to get noticed i even want to get celebrated but that's not the way jesus kingdom works and i know like i'm not i'm not that old but i know energy starts to go down so i i i'm not saying every waking hour It's good to rest.
0: It's good to enjoy hobbies. But don't waste your retirement. You don't have to
1: move to Cameroon. But the world needs grandparents who are checked in, not only to their own grandkids, but to the needs of the world and the needs of the church and the good things that God has prepared for you to do you might be tired and you might be wrinkled, but you are God's masterpiece.
0: Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.